Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Glad to be in church this morning. Church and worship was powerful. Love that new song that we sang this morning. Pursue is beautiful. We're going to hopefully sing it again at the end and just soak in it a little bit um, more. But hey... Um, so great to see everyone. I just want to reiterate something I said two weeks ago. This is the busiest service of all three. And so I've been asking people to pray about uh, whether or not they would be able to make room for someone brand new to come to this service. And so I just want to put that out there as well, not telling anyone to do anything. Do however you feel like you need to do church as a family, but you can just look across the room. There's not a whole lot of seats left. Um, and so we're just uh, we're going to try to make as much room as we can to see more and more people come to know Jesus. And um, I just know there's people out there that haven't experienced what we get to experience every single week. And so pray about pray about potentially coming to either the 8:30 or the 11:30. Both services are great, and um, that would be good if you got your Bibles open with me to, to Romans chapter eight. Who's ready for the word? We're finishing our series, Mindset, The Power of a Renewed Mind, today, and we're going to be finishing here in Romans 8. In this particular chapter, Romans chapter 8, the word spirit is mentioned 21 times. And um, the whole book of Romans is incredible, uh, obviously, but I love in these few chapters that are wedged in here, and then again in Romans chapter 12, which is our banner text for this series, It talks about the Spirit's ability to help us in the journey in life, okay? So here we go, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no, everybody say no, No. condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For what God has done, what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit, look at these words, is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The title of the message today is Mind on the Spirit. Mind on the the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today, God. We ask that you would give us new revelation, Lord. Open up our understanding, Lord. Renew our minds today with your word. Transform us into the people that we're called to be. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing across our church. Father, we thank you for colonial kids as well. We ask that you would bless them, that you would renew their little minds, Lord, that you would help them set their minds 
in the right way and in the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. The power of a renewed mind requires transformation. And that transformation can only happen one way, God's way. God's way is the best way. Can I get an amen? amen? But God does the impossible through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do what the flesh cannot do on its own. In fact, it's unable to do. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But we're ending this series here because we need the Holy Spirit's help in our lives. Zechariah 4 and verse 6 says it so clearly, but I love this. It says, in Zechariah 4 and verse 6, it says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to, to, to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, look at this, but by my spirit. The change, the transformation, the breakthrough, the thing that you maybe are believing for today, that you maybe see in your sights, that you're looking ahead and saying, I'm, I don't know how we're going to get there. But God knows, and the Spirit of God is here to help us do what we're called to do. I want you to write this word down. I'm going to teach you a little Hebrew today. You ready? Write this word down, ruach. Just sounds good, doesn't it? Especially in an Australian accent. That was a joke. But let's all say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Ruach. It's the word for spirit. It's the Hebrew word for spirit. It means breath. Think of the breath of God. Genesis chapter 1. Think of the spirit of God in Genesis. Uh, This is the Hebrew word for spirit. But it also means wind. It means wind. It means Wind of the Spirit, something that Jesus talked about. We read about in John. But listen to me, friend. You need the Ruach to accomplish what God has for you. I remember as a, I think I was like eight or nine years old. It's a Saturday morning, regular Saturday morning. My totally pagan upbringing in Australia. No church, no nothing. The phone rings and it's my friend, Simon. And I never get, normally get a call from Simon, hardly ever, but I guess he just was going down through the list of people that could possibly help him. So he eventually found his way to my list, to my name on the list, and called me. He said, hey, Matt, is there any way that you could come down to the sailing club today because my normal crew on my boat has bailed on me and I need a crew to do the sailing uh, tournament thing? And I was like, I've never sailed before. I was like, is it that hard? And he said, it's fine, just come down, meet me down there. And I said, well, it doesn't matter what it looks like, I'll be there, I'm coming. And I've never sailed before, but I'll be there and this is going to be fun. And uh, so I go down there and uh, I had the time of my life sailing on this little laser with my friend Simon. We, we laughed a whole time. I spent more time in the river than I did in the boat. It was just the most awesome experience. And then from that very moment, that was the genesis for my love of sailing. And I've always loved sailing since then and have sailed. And Jill and I, up until recently, we had a sailboat and we love sailing. And it's just been kind of in my blood ever since. But there's this thing that happens in sailing. I don't know if the sailors in the room will know this or if you've experienced this on a sailboat. There's this this moment when the wind is, is, is coming from one direction And the sails are trimmed the right way, and you feel this thing called the lift. 
in the boat. And when the wind hits those sails, the main sail, the head sail, whatever sail is up, when the wind hits those sails, you feel it. Because everything in the boat, on the boat, everything that you're feeling in that moment picks up and starts to move. And the reason that it's moving is not because there's some downslope or there's an engine running. It's the wind hitting the sails that's moving the boat. And the Bible talks about the Spirit's job in our life is to put that kind of power in our lives to live the, live the life we're called to live. We need the Ruach to fill our sails, to help us do what we're called to do. Can I just encourage you, if you're believing out of this series for the power of a renewed mind to be transformed, can I just encourage you, you will never see it happen without the Spirit of God in your life. You'll never feel it in the Spirit. You'll never experience it without God's Spirit. And we are able to. God has given us the ability. The mind is like a cockpit. And we are actually able to employ and look to and say, this is where we want to go. We want to set, like Paul says, our minds on the things of the Spirit. We need the wind to help us live the life God has called us to live. Jesus refers to it. This is John 3 and verse 8. I just referred to it before. He says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone. Look at this. Born of the Spirit. The Ruach is the breath of God. We need to focus our mind's attention on. But how do we get there? We need the Ruach. How do we pursue the Spirit of God for a transformed mind? Point number one is this. We need to reject the flesh. I want to talk about this for a moment because it says here in Romans 8 verse 6, look at it, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. To win the war in our minds, we need to constantly renew our minds in a way by making a conscious choice, a decision, a predetermination, if you will, to firstly reject the flesh. See, when the flesh leads, destruction follows. You ever notice how the flesh can just sometimes take over? Um, I mean, come on, you, you've gotten hungry before. I mean, sometimes like when, when the hunger hits, it's just like, man, who just stay out of my way. But, 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 but God has given us the ability to understand what's happening here. Yes. The flesh is in the lead role. And we have the ability to do something about it. The Apostle Paul talks about his struggles with the flesh in Romans 7. One chapter before, he says, For I do not understand my own actions. He says, For I... I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He's talking about the power of the flesh in his own life. It can seem impossible to beat, but it can be put into submission through the power of our minds. Your mind is a battlefield. But what you're up against, the spirit can overcome it. Your mind can make the conscious ability to make the choice to choose. Some translations in Romans 8 verse 6 talks about the governing of your mind. Minds that are governed, controlled. Let me ask you a question. Who do you want to give control to? The spirit or the flesh? Who do you want to be in the lead position? 
as you go through life, as your boat, so to speak, is heading in the direction that God has called you to go, you need the, the Spirit of God to be in the lead role to be able to take you to where you need to go. Who's going to be the controlling party? Who's going to be the presiding authority? When it comes to your life, your choice, which authority today do you want to empower to lead in your life? It begins with a decision to reject the flesh. The flesh is an unreliable ally. Jesus said it this way in John 6 and verse 63. He said, it's a spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Pretty much sums it up right there. So are you ready to reject the flesh? The thing about the flesh is this. It leaves you with two feelings. Completely unsatisfied and completely unfulfilled. And I want to take a dig real quick at some of the self-esteem issues that exist in our culture today because of social media. Social media can be used for good. I'm 100%. I do believe that. But the thing about social media as we're seeing it used today is it's becoming a distinct appeal to the flesh, not the spirit. It's a selfie culture that's been shaped via this use of social media The issue with social media, a lot of times, is it creates a self-obsession and it permeates a desire in self. And it creates a rush, a temporary rush for a high, but unfortunately can sometimes bring a low. Someone posts something with them in it or they've created it and the likes and the shares and the comments and the emojis don't follow. All of a sudden, it's a low moment. But then in the flip, flip side happens and you get the, the, the like or the comment or people celebrate you in that moment, then you get that rush. And what happens is it creates a cycle, a self-cycle that can lead to highs and lows, but ultimately leads to unfulfillment and dissatisfaction. That's what the flesh produces. It says it in Romans 8 verse 6, it says it leads to death. What kind of death? Death to the life you could have lived if you set your mind on things of the Spirit that lead to life and peace. Proverbs 27 verse 20 says, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. I'm simply saying this, who gets control? Who who gets the governing authority when it comes to your life? So number one, we've got to reject the the flesh. We've got to understand the limitations of the flesh. But number two, we've got to embrace the spirit. Set your mind on the spirit. And there are certain things that take place. Life, peace, open up to us. When the spirit comes into our life and the spirit is the one leading us, we're helped. This is Romans 8 and verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life, look at this, to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Romans 8 verse 26, likewise the spirit helps us, look at this, in our weakness. In our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us. This is what happens when the Spirit takes over. This is what happens when the Spirit is in the presiding authority role in our lives. The wind comes in. Come on, somebody. The the wind shows up. 
and it fills your sails and you're able to overcome things that before you could never overcome. That the addiction or the, the struggle or the mindset, the negativity, the thinking all of a sudden is gone because you've embraced the spirit as the leader of your life. Galatians 5 verse 16, it says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Can I just say this? You can't be spirit led if you're not spirit filled. There are three baptisms. Some of you are like, what? I thought it was just one. There are three. Blood, which represents salvation. Water, which represents water baptism. And then spirit, which in the Bible is oil. The oil of the spirit. The, 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 another way that we, that we understand the spirit is we're anointed in the spirit and we're baptized in the spirit. And there's one baptism in the Spirit of God, but then many fillings. And we need the Holy Spirit to continually come in and fill us over and over again, sometimes week by week, sometimes day by day. Come on, friends. Sometimes hour by hour. But this is embracing the Spirit in our lives. So yes, you were saved when you said yes to Jesus. You are saved, and by His grace, you are saved. You said yes to Jesus. He is your Lord. That represents salvation, and that came through the blood. That's the first. The second is water baptism. We, just, we baptized people in our church. We've baptized over 300 people in the last few years. Water baptism. Total change. Incredible, amazing, but that's not where it ends. You need to embrace the Holy Spirit. And allow him to come into your life to help you to lead and to reveal things to you. Matthew said this to, uh, sorry, Jesus said this to Peter in Matthew 16. He said, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father, who is in heaven, the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. It was in the spirit realm. It wasn't Simon in his understanding. It wasn't Simon in his ability. But it was the Holy Spirit. It was God who came in and changed his life. Three ways you can set your mind on the spirit. You can be filled with the spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit today, we're going to ask him at the end of the service to fill you for the very first time. But then can I encourage you, as you go on in life, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you over and over and over again. You've got to be filled. Next, you've got to be willing through obedience to go wherever he calls you to go. Can I just say that I never thought 20 years ago when I said yes to Jesus and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that I would be standing on a platform in a place called St. Augustine, Florida, pastoring a church and preaching the word. Never in a million years. If you had told me that, I would have said, get behind me, Satan. Get out of my life. I'm happy right where I am. But what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? The wind. We don't know where it goes. There's a mystery to this thing. But in faith and in trust, come on, somebody. So we've got to be willing to be filled, be willing through obedience to go where he goes, and then we've got to be led, which means we've got to go where he goes and do what he does. 
team can come come and join me, but I was recently talking to a friend of mine from an organization that we partner with and are starting to partner more with called Convoy of Hope. Amazing organization, feeding people all over the world, helping people get out of poverty, doing disaster relief. They're an amazing organization and it's so awesome getting to know them. And I was talking to sort of our connection point there. This guy called Troy is from North Carolina, now lives in Springfield, Missouri, where they are. And we were hanging out one day and he started to share his story, and I just love hearing people's stories. I just love hearing the journey and different places along and what God's done in people's lives and just listening to it. He started telling me his story growing up in church. He grew up in church. His dad was a pastor. He was doing all the church things. He was going through life, and everything seemed good. And then he hit his teenage years, and he was really good at baseball, like really good, like had a huge future. But then at that time, he started to hang out with some kids that were sort of not a great influence and... He started to sh- stop showing up for practice and came a point and his coach said, that's it, you're done. I'm firing you from the team. You're no longer playing baseball. From that point on, he just basically said, well, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm going to go this, this direction. And so he had some wayward years. Let him out of church. Let him away from God. Kind of just had a prodigal season. And because people were praying for him, Like parents and grandparents, let's never underestimate the power of prayer. He found his way back to church and it was just through one Sunday and then another Sunday. And he's telling me this story and he says, and then, you know, I I was like 19, 20 at that age. And then, then I went on and I started to preach youth revivals and became a youth pastor. And now I'm doing this. And I stopped him and I was like, whoa, 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 time out. I stopped the golf cart. And I looked him in the eye. I said, Troy, that's not what happened. You you didn't just have all that go on and have those wayward years and get come back into the body of Christ and then all of a sudden you just go on and start preaching youth revivals. I said to him, what happened? And he said, well, actually, yeah, something did happen. He said, "I, I, I went to church one night and I was in worship. And God was stirring something in my heart. And then I heard the message that night. And something was different about the message that night. He's like, I can remember everything the guy said. And then I went into worship after that. And he said, there was just a moment where I encountered God. And this is what he said to me. He said this, my mind changed. Listen to me, friend. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you have a testimony like that? And that guy went on preaching revivals, hundreds, probably thousands of young people getting saved through his ministry because of a moment. We're going to embrace the Spirit. We're going to understand if we're going to go to wherever, where where could God take you? With the Spirit of God in your sails. With you going on into the future that he has for you. I wonder how many stories of God's goodness and God's grace are on the other side of a decision to say, God, I want your Spirit in my life. So that's what we're going to do right now. And I know it's 10.51 a.m. on a Sunday morning, but I'm believing for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit today. So would you stand with me? The best part about this is it's really simple. You just receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, you might be really spiritual, but there's nothing that you can do 
that's going to twist God's arm for you to receive the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is just open up your heart and say, God, I receive whatever you want to give me today. And the Bible's clear. There's three baptisms. There's three defined moments. You know, in the tabernacle, there were three steps. You walk in, there was an altar. That represents blood. The next step, there was water. That represents washing. That's baptism. The next one was a laver with oil. And you had to be anointed as a priest to then go into the presence of God. Can I just encourage you, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. And all you have to do is just open up your heart to heaven and say, God, I receive from you. So with every head bowed, if you're in here today and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just want you to lift up your hand and receive it from God. And if you've been here today and you need a filling of the Holy Spirit, a fresh, a new, right now, I also want you to lift your hand up to heaven in a posture of surrender and openness and willingness to receive from God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are God. And we look to you, Holy Spirit. We set our minds not on the flesh, but we set our minds on the things of the Spirit right now. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would baptize people in the Holy Spirit today, that you would baptize people for the very first time to experience the giftings, to experience the power, to experience the authority, to experience the confidence of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, to experience the conviction, to experience the goodness. And for the rest of us, God, would you fill us anew, Holy Spirit? Would you come, would you fill us up so that we are so overflowing with your goodness and your grace, we cannot do anything but go in the direction that you've called us to go, fully empowered, Lord, to live the spirit life that we're called to live in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.